Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Here from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. And what a night we had in the NBA, in college basketball. Lots of fun on the ice. We just witnessed the Lakers losing once again. We took the Mavericks minus five and wound up pushing. But after they blew a 21-point lead, and I'll give the Lakers credit for that. They fought hard in the second half. A push is, honestly, the best thing that I could have asked for after the Mavs blow a 21-point lead. But with that loss, the Lakers now fall to 27-34. and Two games up on the Pelicans and the Blazers for the 10th and 11th seeds in the Western Conference and... Three and a half games up on San Antonio. I've said it every night this week. The Lakers are not making the playoffs. They're not even going to make the play-in round. That's how strongly I feel about how bad this team is. And if Anthony Davis does not come back, They will not finish above the 10th seed and will not be in the play-in tournament. The Pelicans are playing much better basketball. And I don't know if Zion's going to return for them, but if he does, that would be a huge boost for that team. But the way that McCollum's playing after that trade, Ingram, I mean, this is a solid team. And then San Antonio, not out of it either. And the Blazers, not out of it. Lakers now have lost three straight games. They've lost seven of their last ten. They have the second most difficult schedule remaining in the NBA. And with only a slim two-game margin, the losses will continue to pile up. And this team is going to drop out of contention. Up next, they have a matchup with the Clippers on Thursday. On Saturday, they face the Warriors. And I know that Golden State has not been themselves lately. But I trust Steph and Clay more than I trust this Lakers team. 
Then a huge, huge game next week. On Monday at San Antonio, a team that is chasing you for that final playoff spot or play-in spot. (laughs) Lakers lose that game. That might be the nail in the coffin. And then down the stretch, just more difficult games for this Lakers team. I will continue to fade them. I took the five with Dallas. Wish I got it in at four and a half last night. We talked about it last night on the show. That's when I should have bet it. But I got it in this morning at five. And it wound up being a push 109-104, the final score. And I will be on the Clippers, much like I was on the Clippers on Friday when I took Clippers and the under. And the Clippers were a dog in that spot. And I took Clippers money line and the under to cash it with a 105-102 win. Similar situation will happen here on Thursday. I'll be on the Clippers, and I'll be on the under in that game at the uh, crypto dot whatever arena. So that's uh, what went down in the Lakers game. But there was a lot of fun in the NBA here this evening as the Celtics were down big to the Atlanta Hawks. They came into the game as... Six and a half point favorites. And at one point, they trailed. Uh, let's see. Big, they trailed big at the half. They were down 17 points. And then to start the third quarter, Boston goes on a 14-0 run. And the second half was a complete different game. Jason Tatum scored 33 points. And the Celtics outscore the Hawks in the second half. 56-33. to From down 17, they cover 6.5, winning 107-98. to That was absolutely bizarre. Clippers beat the Rockets. They covered. The Timberwolves blew out the Warriors, 129-114. Raptors edged the Nets, 109-108. In uh, Again, Nets, Raptors, and Clippers, Rockets were pretty much rematches of games that we literally just saw uh, a couple of days ago. So that's the schedule. And the Wizards won uh, against the Pistons, 116-113. But the biggest stories of the night in the NBA was the... uh, Lakers losing after a valiant effort. Again, I'll give them credit. They were down 21 points in this game. And they came back and actually took a lead in the fourth quarter. So I will give them credit for something. But Luka and company just uh, too good as they finish it off. The game ends on on the push number of 5, 109, 104. And then the Celtics coming back from 17 down in the first half to dominate the second half and cover against the Atlanta Hawks. In college basketball, what excitement we had. As the regular season is inching closer and closer to the closure, and conference tournaments have already begun, but the major conference tournaments will begin next week, Arizona makes a statement, bouncing back from a loss that they suffered on Saturday, like every top team did, And they demolished USC 91-71. Duke 
stays hot and rolls over ACC opponents like they've been doing all season, a 30-point victory over Pittsburgh. Kansas loses for the second straight game. They lost against Baylor, and they lose at TCU. They lose 74-64. And these two teams will meet again coming up, I guess, on Thursday. That one's going to be at Fog Allen. I got to believe that Kansas is the hammer spot in that game. They have to snap out of this losing streak. And the Big 12 is just falling away right now. Because Baylor, 13-4. and four, Kansas, 12-4 and four now. Kansas can finish 14-4. Uh, and four. Well, yeah, 14-4 and four by beating TCU and Texas. Baylor has just one more game left. At, against Iowa State, they win that game. They'll finish 14-4 and four also. And because the two teams split, I believe they will share the regular season conference title. So it's all up for grabs here with Kansas in their next game against TCU. This time they're at home. I got to believe they'll avenge the loss. Uh, and, and they'll remember how TCU stormed the court in this one for their fourth win against a top 25 opponent. Elsewhere in the top 25, Kentucky, uh, they bounce back. They beat Ole Miss 83-72. Wisconsin upsets Purdue 70-67. little bank shot three there. Uh, And then Villanova, who I loved in this spot, right? Knowing just the anger that those players would have going into this game against Providence, knowing that Providence just a couple of days ago celebrated winning the Big East regular season title for the first time. They stormed the court, they partied, they cheered. But yet Villanova had the chance to sweep them in the regular season. And Villanova finishing with more wins in the Big East Conference than Providence, yet because of the unbalanced schedule due to COVID cancellations earlier in the year and games that were not remade for some reason, Providence, by virtue of their winning percentage, gets the Big East regular season conference championship, and Villanova does not. I knew Villanova would be angry in this spot, I bet Villanova three different ways. Two of them won. The third one didn't win. But I bet Villanova in the first half, they covered big time going into the half with a 40-26 lead. But then in the second half, Providence got out to a, they went out to a 22-8 to run, something like that. And this one was a sweat fest down to the very end. Villanova hangs on for the 76-74 win. They do not cover. Providence covers. The heavy line, it was nine, nine and a half, it was 10. I took Villanova on, on, on the spread, lost that one, but I did hit Villanova as a part of a money line parlay with Michigan and with USC. Uh, another ranked opponent goes down as number 23, Ohio State, loses at home 
to Nebraska, 78 to 70. So we have lots of fun going on in college basketball conference, the smaller conference tournaments already underway. IUPUI playing with only five players as a 23 and a half point underdog to Oakland. They lose the game, but they cover the spread. Something to be proud of for those five uh, gentlemen. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, Jared Smith from PicksWise will join me right here in studio. We'll talk more about college basketball and everything that's coming up for the rest of this week. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to this segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge, or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, joined in studio by Jared Smith from Pixwise as he continues his tour of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Making my rounds. Yes, and we continue to make watch. use while he is in town. Hopefully, we'll be in town more often, That's, you know, coming up. Hope. NFL draft week. I heard that's yes. going to be a pretty big week for Vegas. It will be a very big week uh, with the draft. Hopefully a profitable week. One of my favorite is, weeks to bet, I think, actually. It's NFL. a great betting event. Really uh, a lot of books, though, are a little cautious. <laughs> After last year, I wonder why. <laughs> well, it's hard for them to keep up with. Uh, we talk, I talked to Derek Stevens uh, here yeah. at Circa uh, last week, and, and he was just saying that it's, it's hard for them to keep up with the news yeah. because there's always going to be leaks. There's always going to be information that gets out. And from a bookmaker's perspective, how do you combat that? It's just so difficult because you're not able to – get it fast enough in real time to change your odds or to pull something off the board, someone's going to get you. First of all, it's to me, it's one of the most unique things to bet on because there's no prior data. There's no Ken Palm. There's no predictive metrics. It is very much narrative based. The NFL draft that took place during the COVID uh, time when all of the workouts and the Mm -hmm. combines were kind of separate and, to me, that was like a crowdsourcing event because you have one GM that goes see, that goes and sees a player in a private workout, and then that GM talks to other GMs, and it kind of spreads. So similar to the media world, the narrative spreads. And now we're in this information cycle that is hyper, hypersensitive. The news almost dictates the line moves more than the actual bookmakers do. And then the bookmakers have to react. Usually the bookmakers, they want to be ahead. But now they're on the back foot, and they deal with a lot of the same things that we deal with, some of the same struggles we deal with as betters. And it's a race sometimes. It really is. And the NFL draft, I think, is the most premier event that kind of signifies that new era of media and gambling kind of intersecting. Oh, what's amazing is a couple years ago, it was the most bet on NFL draft ever. And then the following year, it exceeds it. And now this year, with it being in Vegas, it will exceed it even further. It'll be more bet on than the COVID draft. And when you look at what the draft has become, the players at the top, they are so they're basically like professionals before they even get out of school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the information on them, the scouts, who's looking at them, the amount of analysts that are now doing draft content, it's endless amounts of information. And again, there's no backbone. Like the backbone of any sports book is what do the numbers say? What does the model say? What is the algorithm? They get so much data from the leagues now. It's like the lines are set before really the games even, you know, even even start to be transpired. But now the narratives of the draft, the draft, honestly, it really is. It's a very difficult thing to get in front of, but it is a very fun event to bet on. There is a lot of fun uh, futures. I didn't want to start football, but while we're talking football, sure. I might as well get into it. There's a lot of fun futures betting opportunities, future bets that you can do, especially up on DraftKings and some other books. Uh, for instance, who will be the starting quarterback of said teams? Oh, yeah, teams? those are real fun. And, the head coaching, too. Those are fun, too. Yeah, <laughs> and, and when you think about it, like, uh, okay, the Packers, I think we can all agree now that Aaron Rodgers will be back. Nothing's tough. nothing's 100% sold. With Aaron, it's never 100%. It looks like the trends are yes. it looks like the signs are Everyone else is back and back. I think that that helps that narrative yes. a lot. And the odds on the Packers are saying he's back. Yes. I don't think it's baked in. I think it's fully baked in mm-hmm. that Aaron Rodgers will be back when you look at the Super I mean, the, the, there's no way the Packers are even close to anywhere near 6 to 1. Well, that's the NFC. But in the Super Bowl odds, I think it's kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, they 14 to 1, they're the fourth favorite on the board. If he doesn't play, they're not even close on that list. They no probably way. fall off completely out of the top ten. 
what about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Who will be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers week one? Mason Rudolph is the favorite. I love this. Any rookie quarterback is plus 450. What's their draft situation? They have all their first round. They have one. Dwayne Haskins plus 600. Haskins was what? The third stringer this year. Mm -hmm. So, so he has roster experience. So does Rudolph. Rudolph has starting experience. See, that's another, that's another one of those tough bets that like, just like the draft influenced very heavily by what we're hearing in the pre, you know, the preseason process, which can be very volatile. I would select honestly, any rookie quarterback at plus 450. Cause I really think, I think that they're very high on Kenny Pickett. And that's a guy obviously hometown. played in that stadium. Um, hometown discount, <laughs> yeah, probably. Played in that stadium, uh, yeah. you know, so he knows that field very well. Uh, Kenny Pickett could be a guy. The other name that I thought was very interesting, and it's a little further down on this list. Hear me out, Jared. I lay it on me, Scott. Deshaun Watson plus 1,000. Well, wherever he goes is going to impact the markets dramatically. Now, Brian Flores wanted Deshaun Watson in Miami. Yeah. Brian Flores is now, now an assistant Pittsburgh. for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. That was an interesting hire, too. If there is any organization that is going to sign Deshaun Watson, it has to be an organization that has stability from the top down because you're going to have to handle a lot of backlash. It also has to have a fan base that is completely sold on what their team is doing so that they don't start the backlash of why a team brings in a guy like Deshaun Watson. The Steelers fit yeah. that mold. Great stability from the top down and a fan base that is 100% all in on whatever the team decides to do. They might be the only team besides a Patriots, maybe a Packers, that has that franchise stability right Mm -hmm. now that could absorb that kind of distract. So the thing with Watson that's fascinating, how ready was he to play this? Like, say, for instance, snap your fingers and and, and he makes that trade to Mm -hmm. Miami. Would he have been, I mean, he sat out for, what, half the year? Would he have been, so the timing, the rhythm, how long is sure. he going to take to get back? He hasn't played a football game in, what, now, two years? Mm-hmm. So that is a very interesting handicap as well when you look at a guy like Deshaun Watson. I mean, you would assume the talent's there, the tread on the tires, relatively low for someone of his age. And that move, eventually he will play somewhere, and that, that move will impact the markets dramatically. Tampa Bay Bucks. Who's oh. the starting quarterback week one? Kyle Trask is the favorite, mm. followed by Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz <laughs> yeah. in Tampa would be you go from Winston to Brady to Wentz. Talk about a sandwich there around those uh, around that Hall of Famer. And I'll give you another name that's interesting that's actually popping up in a lot of discussions around a lot of teams. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I, I think Trubisky's earned a job somewhere. You know, I, I think he's now been tutored, you know, tutored under Dable for two years, basically. And he's learned under, I mean, it's hard to call him learning under Josh Allen. Cause I, I think mm-hmm. Trubisky's older, but to me, those guys are not equal in terms of their, their, their status. So Trubisky being under Allen and under Dable for two years, I, I think he's earned at least a shot at a job somewhere. Maybe redemptions. It'd be a fun redemption story for sure. The Garoppolo thing is interesting because you know the Niners are not happy with it. I mean, I mean that's, you could not be any more blatantly obvious about the post-game you know, game situation with Kyle Shannon that they're not happy with, with, with Jimmy. So you would assume his days in San Francisco are over, and I think the Niners face another very interesting quarterback decision uh, this summer as well. Yeah. Uh, any long shot in the futures market pique your interest? You know, Tim asked me this last night. This was around the time last year I fired on the Cardinals at 44-1. to 1. I felt like a genius until about week 10. Yep. 
Um, and then things started to get kind of off the rails. I do think if you are going to make a futures play in March, basically, you have six months before the season even becomes anything tangible that you can start to figure out where you stand, you look down and you look as far down as possible and you just pray that you kind of get lucky with a couple of offseason moves and they do Mm -hmm. well in the draft. I I do think if you're looking for a mid-level team, the mold to me for teams that make the leap the quarterback that makes the leap in year three, and this year it's Justin Herbert. And okay. I know they're kind of in that 20, 25 yeah. to run one range. Not quite the Arizona 44 to one that we got last offseason. Their defense, I think, better than Arizona. Their head coach, I think, better than, you know, I, I would take Staley over Kingsbury right now. And I think the quarterback situation, I would say Herbert, as good as Kyler Murray is, I think Herbert more stable. Because Kyler Murray, I thought, I thought Kyler made a jump this year. Yeah. Not quite. The, the jump that Josh Allen made in year three, which was the jump that we base all these, you know, handicaps off of. But I think Herbert's right there, and I think the Chargers' home field advantage is kind of tough. They have none, if hmm. not negative. But I do think Herbert uh, is a guy that can make that jump. And if so, the Chargers, very dangerous. I had a plus 1,100 ticket on them to win the AFC Ugh. that I put in before the second Chiefs game, hmm. thinking that if they just beat the Chiefs, they're the first there in first place. Yeah. And with the Texans on deck, this is a team that's going to finish with the number one seed in the AFC. Instead, they lose both those games. They wind up losing to the Raiders. They don't even make the playoffs at all. And that ticket just, just gets ripped up. Uh, he's Jared Smith from Pixwise. He's going to hang out another segment. Let's Absolutely. get to some college hoops because uh, you and I were both on Nova. You had him in a parlay, money line, which uh, Providence was is just... the right move. Probably something else, man. We will talk a little college hoops coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Jared Smith from PicksWise joins us in studio. We talked some football last segment. Let's get into some hoops, college hoops in particular. It's a great time right here in Vegas. We are about to have five conference tournaments in town, so it's a very, very busy time. You and I were both on the Nova Wildcats uh, in this game against Providence. They covered the first half. Yeah. Good. They won the game, so the money line worked out. Good. They didn't cover the game line, though. Providence, with a pretty dominant second half to come back from a double-digit deficit at the end of the first half, they're a feisty team, Jared. Yeah, and they're going to be a very polarizing team once that bracket does come out. Not as much for the Big East tournament. Um they're obviously the one seed. I thought the spot was very good for Nova tonight. Nova, <laughs> they're underneath them in the Big East seeding, but they're looking up at a 10-point spread in a game. that You don't see that too often mm-hmm. in the college basketball <laughs> world. That was an intriguing um, line discrepancy between where they're kind of ranked in the Big East standings and uh, where that number shook out. But when you look at Providence in the NCAA tournament, 
that's where things get polarizing. And I think when we were doing the spot last night with Sean and Tim, Sean made a very interesting point about how conferences match up with each other. And that, to me, is where a lot of bread-and-butter situational handicapping is done in the NCAA tournament. How does the Big East match up against the SEC, the Big mm. 12, the ACC? You know, w- what are going to be – because I in bowl season, this is huge, how the conferences do against yep. each other. And in the NCAA tournament, it's a little bit more disjointed because there's so many, there's so many permutations of game, mid-major conferences facing this. But there is this crux of – when a Big 12 team faces a mid-major, that plays a very different style that the Big 12 has yes. faced all year. Yes. When, I do think the Big East is kind of an amoeba of a conference. They, sure. have big, they have bigs, but they're a little bit more of a mid-major. They're smaller schools. They do play more of a spread out, shoot a lot of threes. Providence is an intriguing team because they do make a lot of threes, but they're just so timely. Mm-hmm. And how can you quantify that when you get to the tournament very hard to do. There's going to be a lot of people, very smart people that we trust that are going to be all about Providence because yeah. of their it factor. And there's going to be a lot of very smart people that we trust that are going to be completely on the other <laughs> side. And one of them's going to be right. The other one's going to be wrong. We'll see what happens in a couple weeks. Looking at uh, Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology uh, from ESPN, he has Providence as a four seed in the Midwest, which uh, would line them up to face uh, Tennessee Chattanooga in the first round. They should yeah. win that game. And then a matchup with Texas in the second round. Oh, man. I Chris Beard, the defensive potential. I, I think I'd lean Texas in that spot if we're being honest. Yeah, and Texas again. That's to me that is a classic contrasting style. Mm-hmm. They play in a conference that is just the. I mean the the athletes in the Big Twelve. I would yeah. say it's physically the deepest conference in America this year, mm-hmm. with the SEC kind of being right there one A one B, and the Big East again more of a basketball style where they they spread out and they run a lot of sets and they like to get to the rim and they providence again if i i would i would like to see what the line is but Mm -hmm. i i would probably say texas could texas is going to be outnumbered at some point when they face a team that's going to make a lot of threes and spread them out that's why i think the big 12 is i can't wait till we see books hang and i hope we do get it conference win totals in the tournament Mm. last year i know that was a thing i forget who who put them out there i think it'll be a thing again this year that handicap will help me a lot in transferring my bracket and saying all right the book thinks the big 12 is going to win six or seven games well let's try to find those wins in my bracket sure and then you kind of work backwards from that number and then that's how so to me those permutations those derivative markets help a lot with Mm -hmm. capping the main markets and who's going to win. I've been driving this Villanova bus for a while now, and I'm going to drive it all the way to the Final Four only if they get the right seeding. And Lenardi has them right now as a three seed in the East, and that would mean first two games in Pittsburgh, which is a long drive across state. You've made that drive to to Penn State a bunch of times. Not Uh, a fun drive across the PA Turnpike. It's it's a very boring drive, but and and Pittsburgh's a little further, so whatever. But they win those two games in Pittsburgh. They play the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight in Philadelphia yeah. at the Wells Fargo Center, a place that is their second home because they do play several home games a year in that arena. I think that that would be the pick to go to the Final Four if that's the case. If they are a three seed in that East region, I'm taking them. Well, the other thing that you have to consider, too. Who's the and, one and two? Yes. <laughs> and that's why... <laughs> That's why it's very hard. I actually don't have a huge Final Four tournament portfolio right now uh-huh. because the bracket it, it ma- the bracket matters so much. So 
the one thing that I do like to think about, though, when you're especially looking at final four odds, you have to win four games. Mm-hmm. All right, Nova all of a sudden gets home court. Is that baked into the final four odds? Probably not. So if you can yeah. get to that Sweet 16 mm-hmm. in Philly, you are already ahead of the market, and you're in a very advantageous position at 4-1, to one, as, as what we just saw, Yeah. to probably not hedge in the Sweet 16, no. but, but you would assume Nova is going to be favored at home, basically, in the Sweet 16, and then you're going to get another favorable home line where the futures market is not taking that into account. Yeah. And that's how I feel about some of these conference tournaments, too, that are at home sites. Bryant being the perfect example in the Northeast. They're, they're, they're plus money to win three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back in the Northeast Conference. On their home floor. On their home floor. They're yeah. going to be eight, ten-point favorites where in they're, most of those where, games. Where they're unbeatable this season. <laughs> so you're basically parlaying a minus 400, minus you know, whatever money line three times in a row, mm-hmm. and you're getting to that plus 120. I feel that way about some of the Sweet 16 and Final Four odds as well. And that's another thing, too. The, there are odds who is going to make the Sweet 16. Yeah. When the bracket comes out, those odds are incredibly valuable because are you baking in the fact that this team's going to be a favorite in two games, and in the second game, you have a chance to come off of it. Sure. Size and sure. And uh, look, 4-1 to one on Nova, I don't like the number. It's a future bet, so I would like more on that. I'm yes. better off just betting them every game and rolling it over because they're not yes. going to be such a heavy, heavy favorite in these games. No. Like, okay, Nova plays Towson in the first game, double-digit favorite, heavy favorite, whatever. You lay... Minus 500. Something somewhere in that range. Okay, take your small profit, roll it over to the next game when Villanova plays Ohio State. And it's a three minus 170, 160. Okay, roll that over. Villanova against Auburn. They might be an underdog. They might be. It's like you, you can find better betting opportunities if you just go game by game. Unless you're looking at a long shot. If you're looking yes. at a plus 2,500 or something like that to make the Final Four, then it gets interesting. You know, Are you taking a team like Michigan? Like Michigan to make the Final Four right now is at, where's the last time I saw them? Michigan was down the list, plus 3,000 to make the Final wow. Four. I, I don't personally like Michigan, but there, no, are, but there that, are better, yeah. there are good examples of that. The thing with the rollover that is interesting if you are willing to take a little bit more risk in that first game when mm. Villanova is a heavy favorite, because it, let's say you take Nova to, to make the final four, you're four to one, so you risk a unit to make four. Let's say they're minus 700 in the first game. Well, now you got to risk 700 to make yeah. that one unit. Yep. So if you're willing to risk more early on and you're willing to say, hey, I don't think this crazy, ridiculous upset's going to happen, mm-hmm. yes, that rollover probably will be the better option for you in the long term. But it can be a little tough to risk yeah. seven units on oh, day so one of the NCAA tournament in one say, game. Let's say you risk just the one unit. So you risk the one unit. You're only going to win point two. You're not. Yeah. All right. So you're, then the next game, you're going to really gonna risk your one point two. Yes. And then the next game, you'll risk your two point four, whatever yes. it is. So that's how you would come. You would up have with to do that. the math, and I think the more the, mm-hmm. the more I'm in not the a weeds, math guy. The, the, the more in the weeds <laughs> you get with the math, the more I would rather just take the plus. I, I say this: the the rollovers are intriguing to me when I like an underdog. Yes. And, and to me, yes. that's when you max up. Now, you probably do get a little bit of value when you roll over favorites. The mat, the best, the, the nuts, if you want to play poker, mm-hmm. is when you roll over the, the underdog three, mm-hmm. four times. Like Oregon State last Oregon year. Oregon State perfect, last year, yeah. That's perfect it. Perfect yep. example mm-hmm. where you would have gotten much more for your money if you rolled over Oregon State money line than if you just played them to make the Final Four. That team, we have to, who's going to be this year's, year's Oregon? Oregon? Is it Oregon? State. Is it an, I, I mean, they've got to probably win three, four games in the Pac-12 tournament. Can, can, I, can I give you the homer bet? Is it Rutgers? 
uh, unless they can move the rack to, yeah, wherever, to wherever they're playing. Where's the big, where's the, uh, the uh, big 10 tournament, Indianapolis. Yeah. And they picked the, it. First of all, as you know, being a guy from that area, the fact that it's called the Jersey Mike center is a slap in the no, face. No, to it's the, always the Rutgers. It's always the center. rack. Yeah. But if they can move that building somewhere, then maybe they got a shot. Lenardi has them as the last, one of the last four in. So they would have to do a playing game in Dayton and then match up. Possibly he has against Alabama in San Antonio. In I the hate first that matchup. Round. Because Alabama's just going to run all up and down that defense. Yep. That's not a good matchup. Only so only so much we could do for the scholars. <laughs> he is so Jared much is bracket dependent. That's yes. the thing. It is. It really He's is. Jared Smith. You check him out on PicksWise. He's on Twitter. What? Jared Lee Smith on yep, Twitter. Absolutely. Make sure you follow him there. Always a great follow. Lots of great contributions here to the network. And we'll catch up with him remotely next time. Enjoy the rest of your Vegas trip. Appreciate brother. you, bud. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow us all on the network at VSIN Live. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. It's the look ahead. Here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, as we look ahead to Saturday night and UFC 272. Joining me to break it down is the host of First Strike, our combat sports show here at VSIN. He is 
Dave Ross. And Dave, uh, what's your hype level for Saturday right Ooh. now? It's much, much higher after I did Shameless Plug. First strike today with Ricardo Lamas, which you can listen to on wherever you get your podcast. It's up there right now. And, Scott, I love talking to Ricardo. I mean, this guy's fought the best in the world, the Jose Aldos, the Max Holloways, the baddest men in the world at 145 pounds. And when I start to talk to him and kind of get into his mind of how he forecasts this fight to go, it kind of gives me clarity. You look at the numbers and you go, man, do I want to lay over $3 with Colby Covington? Do I want to take the plus money, plus 250 on uh, Street Jesus and Jorge Masvidal? And then you go, well, how am I going to get there? And the only way, and again, this was verified when, in my conversation with Ricardo, check it out first strike. The only way that Masvidal gets home is one way, and that's KO. That's it. He's not winning a five-round decision, and he is certainly not getting a submission. And if you look at the numbers for, for a sub, I, I think they're 25 to one for Masvidal. It, it's just don't, I know people like to take some of those long shots and go, oh, well, let's just take a flyer on it. It's not, that is not a pathway for Jorge Masvidal to win. It's hands only. And then you got to look back at, at their common opponents. And who's the most common opponent? Well, arguably the greatest welterweight in the world, Kamaru Usman, who they both fought twice. And I know George St. Pierre fans going to get mad at me. I'll put Usman right there with his, his body of work against GSP to say who's the best ever at 170. Well, let's look at the first two fights, Colby Covington against Kamal Usman. The first fight I thought was just magical. It went to the fifth round. We saw Colby get his jaw broken in the fourth, and he got ultimately stopped in that fifth. And we all thought it was going to be a wrestling match, and it was anything but for those two decorated wrestlers. It was a stand-up fight, one of the most exciting fights I've seen. Takes a couple of years. Colby's got to get his jaw back. They had the rematch. And then you have a hellacious five-round match that we just saw last year in the rematch, and I thought it was even closer. And yet, I still think Kamar Usman proved that he's still the best. Masvidal against Usman, first time around. He goes the distance, not really aesthetically pleasing to the eye. It's over in Saudi Arabia, no fans, a lot of foot stomps, right? And kind of Kamar just controlled uh, Masvidal for the majority of that fight. Masvidal kind of tested his manhood afterward. Hey, why don't you fight me like a real man, like Mr. T and Rocky <laughs> Like that sort of thing. So what does Usman say? Well, fine. You want to have a stand-up fight? Let's go ahead and do the rematch. What happens there? Then Usman knocks him out with a knockout, heard through MMA. So you go, man, Masvidal's known for his hands. He gets knocked out by Usman. Colby, meanwhile, not known for his hands, really gives the champ two really good fights, even though he comes up short both times. Look, these guys were best, best buds. This is not manufactured. They were both at ATT, an American top team. Dan Lambert said it. He goes, I like these guys when they're on the undercards because they were sharpening each other's iron. I mean, literally, they were iron sharpening iron on their way up. They're a set up the 170-pound ladder. And then when they got to the top of the food chain, well, it wasn't enough food to go around, and that's where the animosity started. Dan Lambert essentially kicked them both out of ATT. And we saw Colby go to MMA Masters. That's where Ricardo Lamas trained for the majority of his weight in his career. And so, you know, Ricardo's telling me things about Colby and camp that his hands are getting better. I don't know how far off he is at the hands level of Jorge Masvidal. I know some people are going to go, ooh, you got to be kidding me. Masvidal's much better. Well, it didn't bear out against Usman, and I don't know if that's the way it's going to play out here. But, Scott, there's some juicy props that I like if you don't like these bigger numbers. And one that stands out to me is plus 800 Colby Covington by sub. 
Because what I could see happen here, if you indulge me in the Khabib against Conor McGregor fight, what did the wrestler do to the striker? He got him down 10 seconds into that first round and wore out that gas tank and rode him for four minutes and 50 seconds. And that sapped all of Conor's energy to where he had the advantages on the feet for the next couple of rounds until he ultimately got that stoppage in the fourth round. I can see a similar script playing out where Colby tries to get into the gas tank of Jorge, neutralizes the hands that way, and then when he has full control and do whatever he wants, he ragdolled RDA, Javier Dos Anjos. I watched that fight firsthand up close cage side in Chicago. I could see him doing the same thing. Instead of riding out a, you know, an easy decision win, I think he wants to humiliate Masvidal, and I think he goes for the sub. That could be, if you don't want to lay the minus 320 and take a longer shot at something that could actually happen at big time plus money, that plus 800 is something I think is a really live proposition for Colby Covington back. What do we like? Uh, what if we do, if we sprinkle, let's say, a couple of bets here, and on DraftKings, okay. I'm using these odds right now, Covington by KO, TKO, DQ plus 300. Covington yeah. by submission plus 800. Masvidal by knockout plus 450. So if Colby wins yeah. by a knockout, you're, it's your break-even point. If Masvidal wins, and the only way that he's going to win is by a knockout, you're up 150. And if Colby wins by submission, you're up 500. And that's why I like the under and four and a half rounds of the total round prop because of what you just said. The pathways for both guys. Now, yes, Colby, Colby could be headed for a decision win if he doesn't want to go for the kill, but he's going to want to go for the kill here. So, to me, there's two sides for Colby, KOT, KODQ, or sub, that cash it at plus props. And Masvidal, the only way he wins is by KO. That cash is at plus money. So as long as you don't get a decision, then you're going to be in the, in the, in the uh, black in this scenario. So to me, I think that makes logical sense. And yes, Masvidal fans, take the better plus money. Don't just take Masvidal to win. If you really think he's going to win, take it with a KO. Because you tell me how in the world he's going to win a five-round decision or how in the world he's going to get a sub. I just do not see those two scenarios playing out. Uh, what are we doing here with Greg Hardy? <laughs> We're betting against him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, just, it's what you do now. Again, talking to Ricardo about this fight on first strike. Look, I appreciate the way he's matured as a mixed martial artist to, to transition from an NFL player. But as Ricardo said today on first strike, when he gets the first sign of trouble, Scott, he does not know what to do, and he retreats. He had it against Taito Ivasa, and once Taito Ivasa got through that initial rush from Hardy, he didn't know what to do with a real mixed martial artist. I can't take the plus money on Greg Hardy. I, I, yes, I, I give him kudos for trying to attempt this and make this a real career, but when he steps up in competition, it always shows that he's just not ready for prime time. Uh, Dos Anjos plus money. Oh. Can we can we take a flyer? Well, here's the thing with RDA against Mercano. I mean, this Mercano just fought at UFC 271, and he looked great against Hernandez in that win in the second round. And now he's going to hop in here on five days and fight RDA. Ooh, it's, this is a really tough one for me to handicap. And again, we're going to have our our full full first strike on Friday, the full hour. And I really do want to get into the nuts and bolts of this because it literally was made today. And Scott, it's really hard for me to handicap this one on the fly. But something tells me Moicano's not showing up here 
if he doesn't think he's got a game plan to get this fight down to the ground and use that Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, black belt that he has and try to figure out how to get a, get a win. That is a, just a sneaky great fight that we didn't know about 24 hours ago that we're now starting to really sell yeah, so over here. Moicano, Moicano is plus 155. Yeah, I, to me, I got to take the plus money right now on Mortano, and I know you go five days. Remember, it's a catch weight. He's not going to have to make 155. And uh-huh. he's, the nat- he's the naturally smaller guy, Scotty. So I think fighting at 160, not having to do any cuts, I don't think that's going to be a problem for him. All right, uh, real quick, we've got about a minute left. What's the next fight that you're most intrigued by on this card? Well, again, when you get into the, into the nuts and bolts of it, I do like the Kevin Holland fight against Cowboy Oliveira. Holland's minus $3 right now. I don't like to lay that price. But, man, he just talks so much. This is going to be a wild one. I kind of like the under in this one. I think this fight gets done before we get to a round and a half. All right. Well, it will be fun on Saturday. Looking to cash, hey, especially yeah, in I, the main I, event. I commitment from you? Uh, a commitment from you? You and I are watching the fights together Yes. Again? Yes. I will be there. All right. We're in. Because, cool. because, we're, on the, because we're undefeated when we watch fights together, Dave. We are undefeated, baby. Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, Covington by submission, plus 800. He is Dave Ross. You check him out at D Ross Sports on Twitter. And be sure to download First Strike wherever you get your podcasts from or head to vcin.com slash podcast. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on vcin, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.